Shravan and I decided to do it to do it family style, um, sitting very closely to each other, because we're actually we're going to talk about family and what it's like growing up with a father who started the second largest mobile phone company, well, not mobile phone, but the mobile Seriously. area in the world. Travin sitting right next to me, his dad, Sunil, um, started Bharti Airtel when you were eight. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just super curious if, if you have a dad who starts a, a company with 450 million subscribers, 18 billion in revenues, 70,000 employees. I mean, that's that's quite something. And you were at the tender age of eight. So what do you remember from back then? What What is it like kind of growing up with, with Airtel? Yeah, I mean, it's um, quite a unique experience when you look back, uh, having somebody at home building a business right in front of your eyes. For me, my memories um, are really are everything around the family was centered around business. Um, from a very young age, uh, my father had me and my brother reading the uh, stock price of different companies, uh, not really understanding at that age what it all meant. But you could see that he was very interested in making sure we were business-oriented and business-minded. I'm a big sports fan, so I used to watch the football matches on TV. And he would always be looking at the sponsors. He's like, oh, I know that one. You know, it's another telecom company in Europe. Or is it a telecom company in America? And I'm like, where is your focus right now? <laughs> and so the focus was always always centered around business. And anytime I used to go, you know, play sports or talk about what I wanted to do at a young age, I used to think I wanted to be a tennis player or a football player. And he used to be, okay, that's great. But why not actually just think about like building a business in that ecosystem or buy a club or buy a league? And so I think, you know, we were all uh, very fortunate enough to, uh, have his guidance along the way. Um, he's built a remarkable organization, um, almost 500 million customers, is the third largest telecom company in the world now. Uh, and to see uh, the persistence over the last 30 years is uh, nothing short of remarkable. Did you feel at the dinner table if business wasn't going well? So yeah, the mood swings was at that? Dinner tables, yeah. I, I, at many times, became very tense. And you understand it. I think um, any entrepreneur that's building a business, uh, even today, you're going to go through a lot of tough times. And he's been through a handful of near-death experiences. And you know, at a young age, trying to make sense of you know, what um, an entrepreneur is feeling. There's you know, thousands of employees that are banking on him to build the organization. I'm sure he's thinking about doing well by the family. And so a lot of stressful dinner table conversations, uh, no doubt about it. Um, but it informs also what we do now. So it's uh, it's been unique to see that, and you know, helps me in what I do today in dealing with entrepreneurs and, and helping them in their journey. I think it would be really great to actually double down on that and, sure. and to try to understand from those early memories what you actually took away from that. Maybe also lessons learned that you're now employing with. Unbound, and maybe you actually have to also introduce Unbound sure. to everyone. Yeah, so Unbound is um, an investment firm that I had started in 2017. And the entire concept of Unbound is really how do you deploy long-term capital in building generational businesses? And the idea you know, comes from my history of experiences. I've been in our operating business for three years. I've done distressed turnarounds, 
was part of a few people, me and my father, we took out uh, OneWeb from bankruptcy. And one thing was very clear is that entrepreneurs have committed their life to a particular journey. And what you really need along that journey is time, capital, and resources that can support you along the way. And what was really clear to me is the model that we have today doesn't necessarily lend itself to supporting all the way through the journey. So I always say Unbound, uh, the name comes from not to be bound by the way the existing world thinks about solving a problem. And let's really be the long-term partner of choice for a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, and that's really what we're building uh, at Unbounded. It comes from the fact that to build a $60, $70 billion organization, it requires 15, 20 years. And that journey is a very long journey. It's not a five-year, it's not a seven-year, it's not a 10-year journey. It's a generational journey. And that's what we want to help entrepreneurs do. And that's also what you mean when you talk about 100-year companies? Right. So, I mean, the 100-year the companies obviously far. It's just to anchor the mind to think long-term. Really, when we sit down with entrepreneurs and you should speak to you know, anybody that speaks to our portfolio companies, I think the one clear thing that I think all of them will say is that we will have a very different conversation. We are not interested in what the next month, the next quarter, or even the next year looks like. And a lot of the companies we have supported at times where nobody else would be willing to show up. And the reason we're able to do that is because we have the long-term capital that backs Unbound, uh, which started initially with family capital, and now we have institutional capital sitting behind it. In, in, a, in a fund model? Or, I mean, yes, obviously now uh, you got me... Yeah. Very curious, yeah, uh, how you do that. Is there a duration so, or is it evergreen? So it, we, what is it? We structured it as a holding company. And I think that's really important because the holding company allows us to do three things that's different than a typical fund. It allows us to take a longer duration. And so we use duration to our advantage. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's really important. We can double down on our companies, so great companies that are doing really well in year six, year seven. We don't have to worry about the fund cycle. And if companies are not doing well, but we still have a unique view and an insight that they are in a tough period, we can go and support those businesses. And so the holding company allows us to take a exceptionally long-term view. Um, investors do have the ability to take their money out, but you go all the way to year 15. Our assumption and our hope is that a lot of them will stay with us for a longer period of time. And how do you find those companies? How do you find those founders? What are they like? How do you identify them? I would say the, the identification process is, you know, even your, you've built a, a wonderful organization. And I think the identification process doesn't change. What we are looking for is, are you solving a large problem? Um, do you have the uh, ability to scale the organization? Uh, and I think that's, I think one of the most critical things as a, as a leader, as an entrepreneur is, can you scale an organization? Can you empower the organization to make decisions all the way across that allows you to be agile in your own journey. For me, I always think about looking at an entrepreneur for the next two or three years. And then every time there's more capital needed, you're reevaluating and re-underwriting the, the business and the founder. And that's really the way we approach it. And would you say that actually having grown up in India, having lived in Africa, I think for a couple of years, overall having lived in seven countries, Did that make you more attuned to finding companies like OneWeb or M Pharma, where somebody else may have stumbled upon those opportunities, but would have just passed on them right away? Yeah, I mean, it's at the end of the day, everybody has biases and the biases are built on the back of a set of experiences, right? So I was very lucky to be in Africa for two years 
lived in eight countries. I mean, I did everything you could imagine. I sold SIM cards on the streets, put dishes on the tower, um, changed my surnames over the first six, seven months. Nobody knew who I was. So I could get a full induction into the world of telecom. Um, but that gave us a unique insight more than anything about what it takes to integrate an organization because we had a we made a $10 billion acquisition in Africa, how challenging that really is, and what it takes to build a business in an emerging market is exceptionally hard for a variety of different reasons. Um, one is your disposable income in an emerging market is a fraction of what we have here or in the U.S., I mean, if you look at the telecom average revenue per user in India is $2.50 per month. Over here, you're likely spending $30. And yet you have an organization that's, you know, 18 billion of revenue, 60, 70 billion in market cap. And so it just frames the challenges very differently. And we use that to our benefit to identify great entrepreneurs. And um, business models like OneWeb, and I know you're very passionate about it. It's a low orbit satellite constellation. So essentially trying to bring internet to places where there is no internet currently. That's, I imagine that also derives from having seen that live on the one hand, but then I think there must be some other passion inside of you because you post about it. I would say going through your LinkedIn and through your Twitter, it's the one where I, I'm not sure if you're a testimonial and, and you yeah. get paid to post. Um, <laughs> but there, I, wish, I wish that was the case. I also saw videos of you and one of your sons kind of following the launch of one of one yeah. new satellite. So uh, can you can you talk about OneWeb and, and that story for a bit? Yeah. I mean, the OneWeb story is exceptional. I mean, the reason why I'm passionate about it is we brought this company from the brink of bankruptcy to life. And then we did it in the middle of the pandemic, right? So in June of 2020, the world is shut down. Uh, we were approached by the UK government to say, look, you guys understand telecom. This is a great asset. Can you help us revive it? And the speed at which we made that decision to bring the company out of Chapter 11, to build the organization as a remote first organization is quite remarkable. And then thinking through the benefits of having internet connectivity across the globe, I think we all know the benefits of having kids and villages connected Yeah. That will never have internet if you don't have satellite connectivity. It's fundamentally impossible for terrestrial telecom businesses to reach the final places of the world. So hills, villages, I mean, aeroplanes will need a whole new infrastructure. And so to think through the fact that we can build a business almost from scratch and build it into a multi-billion dollar generational asset that is making impact in society, that's the reason why I get excited. Because the impact is massive when you take a look at education, access to education, yeah. access to medical information, so aka healthcare, um, business opportunities that arrive because of that. I um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, using the the last few minutes that we have, I'd love to uh, switch to two more questions, yeah. kind of on the personal side. So, you know, the two of us were both fathers. You have a three-year and a five-year-old. Yeah. I was just curious, what are the things that you do so that your kids actually can live an unbound life so that they grow up being unbound little or large humans at some point? I would honestly say that's the toughest part of my day. And, and the reason why it's the toughest part of the day is because every kid comes with their you know, own sort of set of wirings in their brain. 
the job of any parent, I think, is how do you ensure that at the end of the day, they're going to write their own story? How do you ensure that they are writing the best story they possibly can? Uh, and that's really the role that I think of me as a father is and how can I ensure that they're getting the best experiences, but more importantly, also having the hunger. And I think that is super critical to me. I want the kids to be super driven, super hungry, and you have to make tough decisions in order to be able to uh, inculcate that. But if you have enough hunger and enough discipline, I think the rest of it will really take care of itself. And uh, you know, with both me and my wife are working parents, so they already see both of us are out for work. We're coming late. They understand that you have to go to work to earn, to you know, enjoy the life that we do. And we just try to make sure that that message is very clear. And I, I actually really like that. I uh, so you you sold SIM cards. I also sold mobile contracts when I was a little kid and helped out at the supermarket. I actually, if Henry, if my little son, I, I'll try to get him to do the same because I, I thought it was very valuable. Okay, then um, actually, uh, as a last question, you talked about writing your own story and that you think that's important for your kids. How was that for you? I imagine it, it was kind of hard with a brother twin brother, also a founder, yeah. with that father, uh, growing up in that family. How did you actually find your own way? Uh, yeah, I think our family is just a bunch of renegade entrepreneurs. I think there's some DNA wiring there. You know, my brother started his business um, and he's been at it for six, seven years, really persistent. My father's built a business. My wife's building a business. My brother and sister in the hospitality business. We're just... Uh, a weird eclectic combination of people that are trying to make their own mark. For me, honestly, I went through a process of elimination. I tried my hand at banking, didn't like it. I was in our telecom business, learned a lot from it, brought companies out of bankruptcy, helped build OneWeb. And it's just a series of experiences that I realized that the view that I have of the world is to build my own organization. And my organization's job is to ensure that companies are being built at large scale. And it's, it's as simple as that. And I'm, I'm glad that I'm on this journey and, and hopefully Unbound can become as big uh, as other businesses we've created in the family. Thank you so much, Trav. Thank you. Pleasure.